You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. All right, so as Chris had mentioned um, just a few moments ago before we had our comfort break, for the month of October, we are going to be going over the five heart attributes of our church. And um, these attributes, we believe, are important to Jesus. And for that reason, they're important to us. We want to be doing what Jesus did. And so on your table, I just quickly um, put out these uh, flyers that have been made up so that if you um, care to look at some of the other heart attributes of the, of the church um, before we actually go over them this month, you can, you can do that at your, um, at your own time. Or it could be perhaps a, a bookmark for your Bible or just something that you put on the fridge. And uh, yeah, you can be looking over those things just so you can really... Um, get to know what's important to us as a church. And so these these attributes um, are an overflow of what God has done in our hearts, in the heart of the church. And um, and my hope is that these will, um, if they're not already, they will begin to flow out of you. That these will just be a part of who you are. They're a part of the church, and you are the church. And so I hope that these five heart attributes flow out of who you are. Okay. So last week, we, we touched on um, this whole part of enlarging, which was about doing our part in the kingdom of God. And we actually um, actively went out in, in the afternoon and we handed out flyers for the event that we did on Saturday. And that was really a great time. We handed out a thousand flyers and we had some conversations with individuals. And, and, um, and so we, we, we participated uh, as a church in enlarging God's kingdom by, by actively going out and just um, handing out flyers and, and chatting with people. And, um, and I think um, all in all, it was, a, it was a great afternoon together and uh, we enjoyed our time. The passage that I focused on last week was in, in Romans 10, 12 to 15, specifically though, verse 15, where it says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And uh, so we, we talked about that a little bit last week, but we declared that we would be a, a group of people that would have beautiful feet, right? And by feet, we didn't necessarily mean taking your socks off and showing people your feet. What we meant was that our actions towards people would be beautiful, that they would be actions that would cause people to go, wow, I'm so thankful that I came into, con- into contact with that individual because there's something about them that is different than maybe some other individuals. So we want to have beautiful feet. We want to be a church that brings good news. We want to be a church that brings the love of Christ to our community. And so that's what enlarging is all about. We want to be a church that's about going and sending, whether that be locally or whether that be globally. We want to be a church that is active in mission and that we're, we're going. And, uh, and I really believe we are, we are doing that as a church. And we, we ultimately want to be a church that is outward focused, a church that is all in for his kingdom, all in for his purposes to, to take place on earth. That's what we want to be seeing. That's what we want to be a part of. We want to see heaven on earth, and he's called us to do that. We're his hands and feet to be extended in our communities. So that's uh, basically, in a nutshell, what we talk about when we look at this the first heart attribute about enlarging. So now, of course, we're going to be talking about enabling. 
So enabling, on here there's a definition and it'll be on the screen. It says enabling is about making disciples. We are called to imitate Christ, growing in our relationship with God and one another. So in this definition, um, there are three key words that I want to focus on this morning. And the whole definition really is brilliant, I think. Um, but there are three three key words that I'd like to look at. And so the first, uh, so, sorry, so the three words are imitate, growing, and relationship. Those are the three words. And these three words um, themselves are um, center around discipleship, I believe. And so discipleship, again, and we even touched on some of these uh, aspects at, at Life Group this past week. Um, discipleship, according to Jesus, um, or sorry, discipleship according to Jesus is the commitment level that he calls us all to, right? In Matthew 28, 19, it says, go and make disciples and teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. So again, this word go and make disciples. And so he doesn't say go and make Christians. He didn't say go and say a salvation prayer and then you're just good to go. You don't need to interact with Jesus or the church or you know, other believers at all. No, he says, go and make disciples. And uh, he's, and then in order to make disciples, we need to step into being a disciple because you can't, you can't teach someone to be something unless you have lived it or are trying to live it as best as you possibly can. So we're to make disciples, but we're also to be disciples. And ultimately, discipleship is this lifelong journey that we're all on. It's, it's, it's not something that you just take a course and then you're done. I'm good. I'm a disciple. I can tick that box. But it's, it's truly about journeying with Christ and allowing him to, to basically just work in and through your life. And um, sometimes that process is really ugly and it hurts and it's difficult and it's challenging. And sometimes it's beautiful. And, and it's like, um, but it's a process that God calls us all to be on to be disciples. So um, what I hope today is that by looking at these three words, um, you'll become the best disciple that you possibly can become. And then you will then, what you're learning, you will then teach others. And, and that's what I hope will, will take place. And I think that will take place this morning. That will take place in life group. That will just take place, this process of discipleship through um just journeying with one another. So the first one is imitate. And in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, and it'll be up on the screen for you as well. It says, be imitators of God. Be imitators of God. I mean, it's pretty black and white, isn't it? It's There's no sort of gray area in that statement. Be imitators of God. That's what he calls us to. Live a life of love. Just as, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. You know, I know a lot of Christians, and I don't want to come across as sounding judgy this morning. Okay, that's not my intention, right? But to be completely honest, um, there are a lot of people, a lot of Christians, or they would give themselves that title, but they don't look or act anything like him. And 
And for me, that's a real challenge and a real difficult um, kind of challenge because in life I have found that those that may choose not to follow Christ, have chosen a different path or have just chosen to, to kind of do their own thing, when they think of Christians, they make a blanket statement. And sometimes individuals that call themselves a Christian but aren't living as Christ lived then become a reflection of who I am because I also say that I'm a Christian. And I don't like that because I hope to try and look and act as much as I can like Christ. Um, and so, again, I don't want to sound judgy, but I really would love it if all of those that chose to follow Christ or become a Christian would um, apply themselves to the process of discipleship because in that process you become like Christ. You, be, you begin to act like Christ, which is what he intends for all of us to, to do. We're all at a different stage. We're all, it's all a process. It's all a journey. But that's his desire for all of us. And so I, I don't want to be harsh. I understand we're all on a journey. But in many cases, I believe some choose to accept Christ, but that's as far as they go. That's, that's it. It's like, um, you know, and that's not what Jesus wanted. He says, he said, come and follow me, which, which meant I want you to look like me. I want you to act like me. I want you to talk like me. I want you to be like me, right? Many want Jesus to be their savior, but not their Lord, right? Their savior, but then continue to live how they want to live. And that's not what Jesus wanted us to do. He wants to be our Lord. He wants to be our savior and he wants to be our Lord. He wants to be the one that is, that is, that's sort of, um, leading us and we're following him. So some want uh, Jesus to be their savior, but not their Lord. But Christ calls us to imitate him and nothing less. That is the, the bar is, it's a high, it's a high bar. It's not low. It's, it's, it's a high bar, but all of us in his strength are able to do it. And that's really important for us to know. So how do we imitate Christ? So a few things. We, we give our lives as he gave his life, that scripture says, right? He gave his life. And so now we, in return, give our lives. He first loved us, and now we love him, right? We deny ourselves and pick up the cross. We surrender as he surrenders to the Father, right? He, he used these words, not my will, but your will be done. These are, the, these are the statements that he made and that he calls us to make as well. We live in according to his word because he is the word, right? Jesus is this word, right? The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so he is the word. And so we, we, we need to know his word so we can live how he lived. Again, we've talked about this and we use this, this, this statement a few times, right? Where it's simple, but it's not easy, right? It's simple to maybe read it and go, okay, I can do that. So in theory, sometimes it's easy, but when we, to practice it, to live it out, it's a bit more challenging, right? Knocking on people's doors and giving them an invite and them shutting their door in your face, or um, which most people were actually fairly polite, but talking to people about things. Last night I was at a, my son's football um, sort of party, and I was talking to one of the dads, and faith came into it, and we be, began to talk about Christ and just what he's done in my life and how he's this guy has chosen not to 
to really follow him at this point in his life. And so there's these things that it's it's in theory, it's easy to live or it's easy to read what Christ wants. But sometimes it's a little bit harder to practice it, to actually be in that conversation with somebody where you're talking about what Christ has done in your life. Because sometimes, let's be honest, they just think I'm a little crazy. They just think I'm a little out there. When you start talking about the death and the resurrection and what Christ did on the cross, I mean, not everybody thinks that that's just like normal, right? But we see that as, as our hope, our salvation. And, and so it's not always easy. The other way we're called to imitate Christ is by following the example of others. And so in 1 Corinthians, it says, follow my example. And this is Paul speaking as I follow the example of Christ. And so in, in life, um, we need to find people that we're going to imitate because it's, it's very biblical. And so the other day, well, recently, um, Silas has been riding his bike since he was probably about three years old on two wheels. He's always been really great riding his bike. But riding your bike on the road in Canada and riding your bike on, on the road in England are very, two very different things. Um, here it's like you're putting your life at risk every single time you ride your bike on the road. Whereas in Canada, it's just a little bit different. Um, so Silas took his, um, in, he's in year six this year, and so he took his uh, week of how do you ride a bike on the road at school, and he did all that sort of stuff. And so him and I have been riding our bikes on the roads quite often. And this is one of those situations where he has no choice but to imitate me. I, I, it's like, I am very adamant that he does exactly what I do because I want him to be safe, right? I want to make sure that when he is on the road, he is making all the right choices so he can be kept safe. I want him to imitate me. Now, I want him to imitate me in other areas of my life because I think I'm not a bad guy to imitate, but He's not always going to imitate me in every area of my life, but there are certain areas, specifically this one, I want him to imitate me. And I think in life, we're called to imitate others. And sometimes we won't, you know, I may imitate Chris in some areas and maybe George in a, in a certain areas. He follows the Lord, maybe Marbley in another area. I may not, I, I can sometimes sort of pick and choose what I'm wanting to imitate as they are following the Lord. But it's important that we, we also recognize that God calls us to imitate those that are following Christ. And so, um, so I just, I, I believe that it's, it's really important. I really believe that there are things that you will learn about, um, Jesus, not by going to his word, but by following the example of others, those that are in the word. I've, there are many things that I have learned and it did not come from me reading this. It came from me choosing to follow somebody that I know imitates Christ. And then because I know that they're an individual of the word. And so it's important that we have these people in our lives that we can imitate because Christ wants us to do that. Imitating others as they imitate or follow Christ is not an option. It's not a good idea. It's not like, hey guys, here's a suggestion as a disciple think about imitating somebody else. No, it's very biblical that we say, I'm going to imitate people that are also imitating Christ because that is what God calls us to do. It, um, it is 
it is an important key, I believe, to the process of discipleship. Imitating God, obviously, imitating the life of Christ, but also imitating others that have chosen to follow Christ. So the second word we want to focus on is growing. A disciple is one who grows continually in Jesus. So 2 Corinthians, sorry, 2 Peter 3.18 says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So our aim should, should be to be further ahead tomorrow than we are today. That should be our aim. Sometimes that isn't what happens. Sometimes we feel like um, we're like not doing as well as we were the day before. I, I recognize that um, life happens and sometimes there's difficult moments and sometimes there's you know these really challenging moments. But on a whole, we want to try to be moving forward in the things that Christ has for us. And so we should desire to, to grow in our walk with Jesus. We shouldn't get to that place where we just no longer want to grow. I've had moments where I haven't been very interested in reading the word. I've had moments where I'm just like, I'm done. I'm tired. I've, I've had moments. But ultimately, at my core, I want to be more like Christ tomorrow than I am today. And so as a church, we want to we want to help you accomplish that sort of goal in life of becoming more like Christ. It's important for us to know that 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 we are loved and nothing will change that, right? This is this is not a, a situation where you have to strive and you have to put a whole bunch of effort in to gain God's approval and love. That's not what we're saying here. But we are saying it's important for you to say, I want to grow in Christ, not to earn my salvation, but because of what Christ has done in my life, because he loves me, I want to know him more. I want to be more like him. And so... Um, so God simply just doesn't want us to remain where we're at because he has so much more in store for us. And so um, coming to Christ really is one of those things that is not the end. It doesn't mean you you can now just coast through life. And, and sometimes, again, that happens in people's lives, right? Where it's like, okay, I've come to Christ. Okay, I'm good. I'm good to go. I'm done. But actually, it's it's only the beginning of this of discipleship journey of growing in the fullness of God and what he has for you. You know, I remember as a, as a young, young teenager where I really just followed my parents' faith and it never became my own. And, uh, and, and for that reason, because I didn't, I think, apply myself to the process of discipleship, um, ultimately I just never made that real connection with the Lord and, and, and I didn't realize that it was about being like Christ. I thought it was more about kind of just following my mom and dad's example, which I did say is a good idea. But when God isn't really a part of that picture, it, it does, it does fall apart in a, in a hurry. So for a number of years, I wasn't serving the Lord. And then I came and then at, at, at one point in my life, I decided, yeah, I want you to be the Lord and savior of my life. And then I began this process of discipleship. And the moment I began that process of discipleship, was when I really began began to grow in the Lord. When when it was just following my parents' faith, when it was really their faith and not my own, really I wasn't developing and I wasn't becoming more like Christ. And so it's really important that we that we when we come to Christ, we begin this process of discipleship. So the scripture said that we just read, He desires for us to grow in His grace. So grace is is all about getting what we don't 
deserve, right? Getting what we don't deserve. So if we have received what we don't deserve, God wants you to continue to see more and more of what he has for you. Because ultimately, we have received what we don't deserve, which is salvation. And now he says, now continue to journey with me in the process of discipleship. And I'll begin to, I will continue to show you things that, that is, it's taking place. It's happening because of my grace in your life. He wants you to, to take that grace as well um, that you're growing in and also share it with others. So it's like we experience his grace, right? We, we experience his grace of salvation, but we continue to experience his grace in our lives um, as he develops us, as we become more like him through the process of discipleship. And then he says, take that, what you're growing in, and and teach others and help others and be that person for others. And ultimately, you know, I think sometimes people feel like, well, I'm just not ready or I'm just not there. And it's like finding individuals in your life that maybe you're just a tiny bit ahead of where they are. Not because it's a competition, but because you have just experienced something that maybe somebody else hasn't experienced. And then you get to just share that experience of what God's doing in your life with other people. So there's always somebody that you would be able to come around and help them. Um, in my life, I love all the times that I see and experience God's grace because it is these moments that I get reminded of how amazing God is. Every time I experience his grace afresh, it reminds me of how good he is. It reminds me that we serve a really, really awesome God that just so desire, just so loves and cares for us and wants to see the very best in our lives. Every time you experience that grace and you're growing in that grace, it's like this fresh reminder of how good God is. And we want to, so we want to keep experiencing his grace. We want to keep putting ourselves in situations where we experience and see his grace at work in our lives. It's very easy to just sidetrack things and, and just kind of carry on life as we want to for ourselves. But God calls us to that process of discipleship so he can keep revealing his grace to you, so you can keep declaring how amazing he is. The other um, part of the scripture was grow in knowledge. And so the idea of this is not necessarily to get smarter, right? Though though understanding his word, like re just reading his word and just getting it in you is a good idea, right? And so getting smart, it's not just to get smarter, but it it's if that happens, that's a that's kind of like a bonus, right? But the idea um, of of uh, of growing in knowledge is this greater awareness of who God is, right? His character, His ways, who He is. That's what we want to continue to grow in, because that that journey for some people they feel like, no, I've arrived, I've 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 experienced it all. But truly, you can never experience the fullness of God. There is always going to be something that you will be able to experience. And so this we want to we want to grow in knowledge of God. So we so so we're applying we're 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 walking in this sort of process of just a greater awareness of who he is. See smartness only takes you so far in the kingdom, but when he begins to reveal his nature, everything changes and you only desire for more. And, and it's like, in some ways in my walk with God, I've gotten to a place where I feel like I know less and less, but yet I want more and more because I know it's, it, he is so good. His love is so good. His mercy is so good. His grace is so good. Just who he is is so good. 
the disciples were, were not taught to be smarter, but to continually grow and follow his ways. And so continually growing truly is, is just so key in, our, in the process of discipleship. And I guess, personally, I believe if you, if you ever come to a place where there is no more room to grow, you feel like you've arrived, you, you enter into sort of a territory where potentially you short-circuit all that God wants to do in and through your life. It's like, I don't want to be the reason or cause a short circuit in what God wants to do in my life because I've just decided, you know what, I'm good where I'm at. I want to keep growing and I want to keep applying myself to that process. And I hope that is your heart as well um, in the journey of discipleship. So finally, regarding growing, I believe the word is clear that the foolproof way in in growing in Christ is to plant yourself in the right environment. And um, at Life Group, we even read this scripture um, in John 15, 5, where it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So you will grow when you are planted in Jesus, right? He says, remain in me. But we must also plant ourselves with others that will help us and encourage us to grow. So again, this is sort of like this whole idea of imitate, right? Imitating others. But it also leads me to this last point about relationship, the importance of relationship. The Bible is full of one another statements. And we talked about this before a number of months ago. But there are 59 one another statements that we read in the New Testament. And so um, I'm not going to go through them all this morning with you guys, but um, we can conclude from this whole idea of one another that that's a big deal to God, that being together is a big deal to him. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10, it'll be on the screen. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, One can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. And often you'll hear sometimes this scripture like at a wedding or something along those lines. But I think it's very applicable to to us this morning and the importance of relationship of just brothers and sisters coming together um, to worship God and to live in community and and to, to be in the process of discipleship together. So we were designed to be in relationship with Jesus and we were designed to be in relationship with others. And I truly believe that discipleship cannot and was never intended to exist outside of relationship. It was never intended to to just be you and God. It was never intended just to be you on your own. But God designed us to be in relationship with him and relationship with others. And maybe a better way, a more positive spin on that statement I just made is this. God, God's plan for discipleship has always been through the means of relationship. In the early church, they didn't have, like, each individual didn't have their Bible that they could take home. They didn't have it on their phone, right? They didn't have it, you know, um, 
in some other format on their com- personal computer at home, right? They didn't, they didn't have it that way. They had to come together as a community to read the word, to grow together, to learn together, to, to this whole process of discipleship. And so, so you, you ultimately, when we look at the early church, right, the beginning of all of this, right, we see that they came together because, because that was the way they, um, God designed it so that they would grow and learn and become more like Christ. And so, so now it's very easy in our Western culture to just, just be me and Jesus. But God never intended for it to be that way. He, just, he intended us to be learning and to be growing, to be more like Christ in, in community, together, in relationship. And so, um, so God's plan for discipleship has always been through the means of relationship. Because it is in relationship with God and others that we come more like Christ. When I hang around with other people that, that look like Christ, that act like Christ, they rub off on me because they, they, they have influence in my life because I want them to have influence in my life. And so I become more like Christ, not always just because I'm reading the word, but because I'm hanging out with other people, as I've said. As it said in this scripture, it says, pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. You know, in life, I have seen individuals that have really isolated themselves from people. And and for a season, it may be okay. But it always seems to catch up to them in some way or another. Maybe they're in the hospital and they're all by themselves. Maybe they're in, you know, another part of their at home, but they're all by themselves. See, God designed us to be in relationships so that we could grow together, so we could be there for each other, so we could encourage each other. And, and so relationship is so, so key. I think one of the, the craziest and possibly most dangerous things we can do is to try and live our Christian walk on our own. I think it's, 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 it's something that, again, God never intended for us to do. And I think it's a, it's a real um, shame if that's the approach that individuals take because, because there's there's so much goodness when we do it together in relationship and community. And I really think that, you know, you'll be able to go a certain distance, right? But at some point, things will fall apart and you will force God's hand to limit again what he can do in your life. It's like, it's okay to pull away and maybe just be with God in, in moments, in times. But then it's always important to make sure that you're continuing to journey with people. Um, so my last thought is this. And then uh, we'll be done for the morning. Sometimes I think about my, the end of my life. And um, not because I want it to happen anytime soon. I hope you all don't want your life to come to an end anytime soon. But this thought causes me to ask this question. Uh, and it's simply, am I on the, the right path to finish well? So sometimes I'll look at the end of my life and go, okay, will I... Will I have regrets? Will I have this? Will I have that? And so by doing that, it forces me to go, okay, what am I, what I'm doing right now? Is it what I want to be doing? Is it, am I doing, am I not doing something that I need to be doing? Am I doing something that I shouldn't be doing? And asking these questions because I want to finish well. And so if I purposely take time to think through my journey as best as I can, then I can, then I, then I know that, okay, yeah, I'm going to finish well. I'm going to be able to, at the end, be able to say, 
yeah, I did everything that I possibly could to live this life the way I lived. I recognize that we can't control everything that happens. I, I recognize all of that. But it's a great question to ask yourself. Am I on the path to finish well? Because I think ultimately we all want to finish well. Every single one of us wants to finish well. Every single one of us wants to make the very most out of each day in our lives. Again, don't get me wrong. There's moments where I'm like, oh, I don't want to get out of bed and I don't want to do anything today. I get that, right? But on a, on a whole, do we want to make sure that we are living our lives as best as we possibly can? Are we living them well? And, and I think if we apply some of these principles in discipleship as believers, this whole idea of imitating God and imitating others and, and growing in grace and knowledge and, and this whole concept again of relationship and the importance of relationship, then I really believe when we apply those things in our lives and we purposely live in such a way that that those are being actualized in our lives, then at the end of the day, we will be able to say, I did everything that I could do. I lived this life well, and I'm so grateful for it. Yeah? So enabling is, again, ultimately, we want to we want to look like Christ. We want to be like Christ. We want to act like Christ. And, uh, and, and the only way for that to happen is through the process of discipleship, through journeying in discipleship. And, um, and so I really hope that as a church, we would, we would say, yeah, yeah, we want to be, I want to be, because this is really when it comes down to it at the end of the day, the church can want all sorts of great things for you. I can want great things for you. But unless you come to a place of saying, now, no, I want this for me. I want to look like and act like and live like Christ. That's when the rubber hits the road and, and actually that process really begins to take place. So I think Chris and Isaac have a song prepared for the end of... Um... Well, it was on the list, wasn't it? Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, no, no. No, I just remembered they had one left. And sometimes we end a service with a song and sometimes we don't. But today I think we will. And um, just as we're, we're singing, just ask yourself this, this question. Am I basically, have, have I um, decided to really be a disciple of Christ? Have I, have I decided to, to kind of engage in the process of discipleship? Am I doing things in my life where, where, um, where I know that tomorrow I'm going to be more like Christ than I am today? Ask yourself those questions as we stand together and just um, sing a song. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.